Sassy Specula. Sassy Specula. Sassy Specula. You're listening to the Sassy Specula. Hello, hello, Sassy Speculites. I am so sorry for the delay in getting this episode out and the whole switcheroos that have happened over guests coming onto the show. I was asked last minute to reschedule my guest last week for um, rescheduling it for a few months out, and I promised y'all that I'd still get you an episode on time, and then disaster struck, and all dreams and hopes of getting an episode out to you the next day fell down the stairs right along with me. That's right. All of the waiting has been due to my living room stairs. Well, actually, just one stair is the culprit. I was carrying an empty dresser drawer down the stairs early Sunday morning before heading off to a spin class, and I thought it was at the bottom stair, but nope. I still had one more to go, and my ankle went one way, and the rest of my body went the other way, and the dresser drawer stayed perfectly aloft in the air as I was somehow able to protect it. I heard an awful crack, and then screaming started. Literally one of the most painful things I've ever experienced, and I'm putting that even ahead of, like, ovarian cysts. It was so, so, so painful. I didn't even know that pain could be that painful. And because I'm me, I immediately decided that I needed to try and walk on it afterwards, because that's what I was taught in cross-country, and I made it about four hops before I decided to be done with that, and off we went to urgent care. For a whopping diagnosis of a broken heel and a torn ligament. Turns out, when my ankle went the wrong way, one of my ligaments was stretched so hard and fast that it tore off two chunks of bone from my heel, which are now happily swimming along in the swimming pool of swelling that my body has so lovely provided for them. They gave me a pretty long healing timeline, but I disagree with it because I have places to be, things to do. So I have now transitioned myself of, off of crutches pretty much entirely, which, side note, I'm pretty sure were invented by a masochist because they are torture devices in and of themselves, but I'm still in a boot for now. Hopefully, we'll be out within another, like, week or two. Now, you're probably like, Adrian, I don't care. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Why does your broken foot matter to me? But actually, surprisingly, it's very, very related to women's health. So, let me just share this, and then we'll get back to this episode. About One month prior to this injury, I started taking a new medication for my endometriosis because my endometriosis has decided to catapult my estrogen into crazy, super high amounts. I started taking the hormone progesterone to counteract my body's natural desire to make so much damn estrogen. If you remember from that ginormous hormone episode that I did a while ago, estrogen and progesterone compete for space in your body depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle. Progesterone comes to at its peak during the second part of the cycle when the body is preparing for an egg to meet a spermie and to then nuzzle into your nice warm and cozy uterine lining that has been created so nicely by the progesterone. If eggsy meets spermsy and the nuzzling does happen, progesterone continues to support the fetus throughout its entire life in the uterus. Progesterone not only supports the fetus, but it also gets your body ready to be able to deliver that fetus when the time comes. One of the ways that it does this is by increasing tissue laxity. It makes it so that your muscles and tendons and ligaments can get super duper stretchy in order to be able to fit a literal child out of a very small hole. So two weeks after I started taking the progesterone, not for baby reasons, but for my endometriosis reasons, two weeks after I started taking it, I pulled a muscle in my back pretty ouchily during a very normal everyday activity. And then two weeks later, 
bam, literally tore a ligament in half, falling down just one single stair. In case you're wondering, I have discontinued taking the progesterone as I cannot handle any more injuries. As I said, places to go, things to do. Now, obviously everyone who takes progesterone or who gets pregnant isn't suddenly going to start injuring themselves as much as I do. But I have something else on top of my endometriosis called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, meaning my body already has a problem with tissue laxity. I'm already super duper stretchy. And while my amazing doctor and I thought that progesterone was going to be the key to keeping my endo at bay, we both forgot about the lovely little limber problem associated with progesterone, and turns out it's a thing. So that's my story for today. Progesterone made my body bounce like a balloon and tear like paper. Take care going up and down your stairs because you never know when you might be having to learn how to crutch up and down them just a few hours later. Anywho's, I'm here today to not talk about progesterone or infertility or endometriosis or even musculoskeletal injuries. I'm actually here with a guest today, Kat Solis, who reached out to me a couple of weeks ago asking to collab on each other's podcasts. She is an esthetician in the Portland area, so it turns out that we're actually neighbors. She has a pop and TikTok and Instagram presence. I recommend following her to learn new things about your skin health. Seriously, I've already learned new things just from her social media presence on how to better my own skincare. You can follow her at HoneySkinLLC on both Instagram and TikTok. She also takes the time to go through popular TikTok trends and tells you whether they're totally a lie or actually worth some merit. And we talk about this a little bit in the interview today. Um, I know that I've been guilty of scrolling through TikTok and learning about some magical substance that's already in my pantry that is going to make my pores disappear. And then I try and suddenly they look bigger. Well, yeah, luckily she is around to stop you from doing it before you try it and then regret things. She has a thriving esthetician business where she does facials, brow laminations, tinting, waxing, and skin lightening for those in the Portland metro area. She has been licensed for the past nine and a half years, so she really does know what she's talking about. And on top of all of that, she has her own podcast called the SDT Talk, where she meets with other female entrepreneurs and estheticians to talk business and how to run a successful esthetician business. But also, she gives the scoop on fun gossip from the people who get probably the most gossip of any profession, as well as rules and regulations on how to be an awesome client for these professions. I know I one time I went in for a wax, and midway through the wax, she asked me if I'd had coffee beforehand. And I said no, because I'm not a coffee drinker. And she just kind of like blew me off for a hot second, assuming that I was lying to her. And then my medical brain kicked in, and I was like, wait, but why? Like, why are you asking me that? And she said that it was because I was bleeding quite a bit. Turns out, I didn't know this, but exercising and then taking pre-workout literally hours before the wax would affect my blood vessels so much that I was literally bleeding all over the person's table. Apparently, caffeine does this. So these are things that you would learn not to do if you listen to Kat's podcast, which can be found on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio, all of the places. Um, It's SDT Talk. That's E-S-T-I space T-E-A Talk. So that you can be the best client you can be since these wonderful people are already all the way up in our business. We don't need to make it any more difficult for them. And in just a few weeks, I will also be on her podcast talking about nutrition and skin health, which I'm really excited about. 
So keep an eye out for her podcast happening as well. So everyone, welcome Kat. Kat, can you tell me a little bit more about who you are and your podcast? Yeah, so I am a licensed esthetician. I have my studio in Beaverton, Oregon. Um, I've been licensed, I think, I have to go back, but like pretty sure it was like 2014. It's been a long time, so almost 10 years. Um, I do have a podcast called SDT Talk, which is geared more towards other estheticians and small um, business entrepreneurs, just kind of trying to navigate how to open their own um, studio, whether it's, you know, hair, nails, but obviously it's geared a little bit towards more towards estheticians. We talk about um, we do talk about other skin conditions, like I have an episode coming up soon about um, PCOS and other uh, hormonal conditions that affect skin, but mainly geared towards uh, estheticians and kind of a podcast to help them learn. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you also have a few skincare products that you've designed on your own. Is that correct? I do. I have um, the Honey Skin brand, which is I, I made that to make an affordable option for people um, because, as we know, like skincare can be mm-hmm. extremely so expensive. Awesome. Yeah. And mine um, is specifically kind of for everybody to use. So it's not necessarily going to target your more um, um, like your conditions that maybe need a little bit more care, but it's mm-hmm. safe for everybody. It's safe post um, chemical peels or microneedling and so it's a safe alternative and it's a really great start for people who maybe don't have a skincare routine or want to start one they're not sure where to start um it's it's clean it's safe you know has clean ingredients so uh, a reaction to it it would be very rare very minimal um so it's just a really great jumping off point for people that I love to recommend Oh, wow, that's awesome. And and you make it yourself then? Um, so I work with a with a manufacturer who makes it. Oh, super cool. That's that's awesome. Thanks. So you had also mentioned to me um, having more of like a holistic approach to skin health. And what does this mean to you? And how do you implement it into your practice? Yeah, so I know that term is always, at least among estheticians, is kind of a debated term. Um, because there's obviously not a license that says holistic esthetician, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, though, I I believe that I'm a holistic esthetician, which is different than others, because when you come in, I'm not just looking at surface level. I'm not just looking at your skin and saying, okay, I see some acne. Let's put some salicylic acid on it and send you on your way. When you come in, I am doing a full consultation and I'm asking you everything of when was your last cycle? Are your cycles pretty much on time? Do you have any um, conditions such as thyroid disease, um, diabetes, are you pre-diabetic, uh, endometriosis, anything like that, because that is going to change how we approach whatever, you know, issue is that you came in for or whatever your goal is. Um, we also talk about exercise. <clears throat> Excuse me. We talk about exercise. We talk about your diet. We talk about your laundry. Are you washing your pillowcases every week? How often do you wash your bed sheets? How often do you go to the gym? Do you go in the morning or at night? Because if you go in the morning, that tells me that maybe you're letting your sweat sit on your skin for the rest of the day. So we go really, really in depth with your care. Um, so I definitely approach it more as a health and like medical approach versus a cosmetic approach of like, put this on your skin and be on your way, which is totally fine for estheticians who do that. If that is their style, it's just not mine. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes absolute perfect sense. In, in naturopathic medicine, we believe that skin manifestations come from the gut. So, like, diet and nutrition and even all of our hormones that are made in the gut that cause, like, endometriosis or PCOS or even depression, these all play a role in our skin health. And so they're going to show up they're going to show themselves on our skin. Absolutely. And I do tell people that. I say, you know, it's 80% at home, maybe 20% here, what I do that is going to help. You know, I, I'm kind of jumping around, but, and I don't want to talk too much about one of the questions you had, but it was saying, you know, are um, monthly facials worth it, you know, or the, uh-huh. and um, we'll talk more about that, but it goes back to the 80 20 of, I can only do so much, but a lot of it is work at home. And I just help you know what the work is that you need to do to get to that goal. Yeah, that's a really great approach. Like there's only so much that can be done in the office and healthcare should really be something that people themselves can be in charge of on their own. That way it's empowering to them instead of relying on people like you or people like me just to fix them whenever we can see that. Absolutely. Yep. I can only do so much. Oh, in that case, when someone's doing like the 20% with you and then the other 80% at home, how do you balance addressing clients' immediate skin concerns with also promoting long-term skin health and skincare? So if they have an immediate skincare concern, let's say they have severe cystic acne, like an acne grade Mm -hmm. three or four, and it's painful and it's causing, you know, scarring. And we want to Basically, I mean, the it's not the best term to use, but we want to, like, stop the bleeding, right? And yeah. which means we are going to, you know, wrap the wound and stop the bleeding for now. And then we're going to approach everything else. So I would do something like some sort of, you know, depending on the, the client, some sort of chemical peel or calming, um, calming mask, just depending. And while I'm doing that, I am going to talk to them about why this is possibly happening. Um, I also tell all my clients, especially ones that come in where it's clearly an underlying condition, right? It's not just some mm-hmm. random breakout. It's severe um, severe acne or darkening of the skin around the neck, which is a sign of prediabetes, you know, mm-hmm. insulin resistance. I say, I highly recommend you go to your doctor and you get your blood your blood work done. I really want you to do this. And when you come back to me next time, I want you to let me know what your doctor tells you. Did did they tell you um, anything of concern? And so I hold them accountable that way. So when they come back next for their next chemical peel, they need to be reporting to me what their doctor said. That's super awesome. I love that collaborative care model. Thanks. That is just so important. And especially with skincare, to have somebody out there who will tell a client to go to their doctor get blood work done or that something doesn't look quite right. I have patients come to me and I ask them about a funky looking mole on their arm and they have no idea how long it's been there or if it's changed or anything. And it would be, it would just be really nice to have someone in the community who people trust keeping an eye on these things when their doctors can't have tabs on them like every month, like you can. It's just, it's so important in healthcare for that collaborative care. Yeah. I mean, I think every esthetician Obviously, if you're doing lashes or something, that's different. But anyone who's dealing with your skin, I think that that is really what we need to be doing and pushing as estheticians and to other estheticians is pushing that model of, you know, a lot of times we're going to be the first ones to see a mole that maybe looks different and looks like it's changing Mm -hmm. or seeing um, 
such severe acne that the whole face is inflamed and it's just a large infection. And at that point, we need to take a step back and say, like, there is something going on here that's so inflamed and so severe with their immune system or whatever that they absolutely need to go see a doctor. And instead of us thinking we can do it all or we'll just slap some cream on their face and call it good, that's a disservice to our clients. And I I don't like doing that. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for doing that, honestly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, from like the physician point of view, I think that that's super important. And we need to have somebody else checking in on our patients. So thank you. Yeah, and I take I take soap notes. I mean, we're not required to necessarily, mm-hmm. but I do for all my clients. So that way, if their doctor ever did need something or they the client came to me and was like, Can, do you have record of the last six months of this my skin condition or the severity of it, how it's changing, I can be like, yep, absolutely. Where do you want me to send it to? That's amazing. I'm just going to say thank you from from all doctors. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of your most common skin concerns that you see in your female clients? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Most common would be acne Probably acne where it's a clear indication to me that it's hormonal, so around the jawline. Mm -hmm. And obviously before their cycles, a lot of us get that. And so I have most of my female clients come in either right before their cycle or on their cycle Mm -hmm. um, because that's a hormonal issue. So I explain to them, you know, I can can help you clear it up, but it's a hormonal issue. It's going to come back every month if your hormones are out of whack or you know, you have any underlying conditions like endometriosis that makes it a little bit worse. Um, but that's probably my most common. A lot of moms who've skin, who their skin has changed maybe while pregnant or um, after giving birth or during breastfeeding. Um, and then also probably hyperpigmentation, which comes along with those hormonal changes oh yeah totally what is your like favorite concern to work with would you say oh man my favorite one I don't know I love them all because each one is different no acne is the same on every person no hyperpigmentation is the same and the causes are all different Mm -hmm. I'd say acne is fun like blackheads are really fun to pop (laughs) I know that's gross (laughs) but like those are just so satisfying because once they're gone they're gone and you've it's that immediate gratification of like, I got that pimple out. I did that. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's probably the most fun. It's gross, but. <laughs> but it's true. But it's true. <laughs> Do you have any like specific advice that you could give to women who are experiencing hormonal skin changes other than getting like monthly work done? Yeah, I mean, I would say, number one, we all have it. We all have something mm-hmm. Um, typically hormonal, like I personally deal with like endometriosis. I also have thyroid disease, so I have my own struggles. And so a lot of times women come in and they're like, my face is horrible and I hate it. And it's so ugly. And I tell them like everyone who sat in my chair today, every single woman today has had skin that looks just like this. And it's actually completely normal. Now, that's a whole other topic we could go down of why it's normal and it probably shouldn't be. However, in our day and age, this is completely normal and you're not alone. Do not feel ugly. Do not apologize for your face. Like, let's just talk about it and talk about why it's happening and what we can do to 
um, get you to your goal, but also know that like skin isn't perfect and it's never going to be perfect. So let's pick a realistic goal. That's really amazing. I I love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, next question: How do you how do you decide which treatments are best for which clients or which um, concerns that they're coming in with? Yeah. So it depends on your goal, obviously. Um, I think people don't realize that ethnicity actually plays a really big part in the ingredients that I'm picking. So people of like uh, African descent, so your black people typically mm-hmm. have um, thicker skin. So we're going to pick a little bit different ingredients versus, versus like people of Asian descent. Asian people have typically thinner skin. And so you have to be a little more careful with the harsher ingredients that you're choosing. Um, so there is a big um, there's kind of a misunderstanding, I'd say, when it comes to ethnicities and how to treat them in the aesthetics world. I personally, um, I specialize in people of color. I'm like 95% or more of my clients are women of color, people of color. Um, and so that is my specialty. I'm certified in treating melanin-rich skin and what ingredients are best. Um, so every single person is going to have a different approach. You know, we do talk about when you sit down, I ask you like, what, what do you, what is your ethnicity? What are you mixed with? Right. Cause you could be part black and part Asian. And so Mm -hmm. now your skin is not going to be like anybody else's. And I have to look at it and address, do you, is your skin more on the thicker side? Is it more on the oily side? Is it on the thinner side? So there is not a one size fits all at all. And I have to examine your skin to determine what your specific treatment plan is. So then with that information, how how do people go to the store and pick out products? <laughs> they shouldn't. They just shouldn't. <laughs> um, that is kind of what the idea behind my brand is. Honey Skin is because uh-huh. it's safe for everybody. Those are the types of products really that should be at the store. Just safe for everybody. Um, not specifically addressing any concern, but it is going to clean your face. It's going to help, you know, moisturize. Um, but it's not going to do, there's no chemicals in it, like glycolic acid or, or at least not at a high enough percentage where you could be using the wrong thing and, you know, really damaging your barrier. Uh, I get a lot of people who come in, with damaged barriers and they're like, here's all the things I'm using. And each product might have a high percent of glycolic acid, lactic acid, salicylic acid. And I'm like, well, no wonder your skin's peeling. You're putting acid on your skin with every single product, but they have no idea. Gosh. Yeah. I, I don't know because these people buy them. And I think the only way to stop that is, you know, getting the advice, I guess, of an esthetician. I do offer virtual visits where you don't have to come and see me. You can actually book an appointment with me put all your skincare in front of the Zoom camera and let's talk about each one or send me a picture and then I, I can look in the ingredients and I put together a skincare plan for you. That's amazing, especially with our world today. You know, it's like so hard to get people in the door and to get people coming in for in-person appointments. So that's really great that you have that ability to offer that. Yeah. So you don't have to come and see me. That's the great thing is I mean, the goal ultimately, unless you want to come in because you love just the atmosphere and you like, I do um, gua sha and and lymphatic drainage massage on the face. Mm -hmm. The goal is to get you to a point where you're independently taking care of your skin and you don't need me anymore. That's really amazing. I love your approach. It seems like you're actually treating it as healthcare instead of 
just like slapping a Band-Aid on small problems that eventually turn into a huge problem. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's definitely different. (laughs) I mean, what you're doing, it's real. It's real medicine. Yeah. Which I I really feel is lacking in the esthetician world, at least with the estheticians that I've seen in my past. No, I I agree. I I just approach it differently. And obviously, estheticians want to, they want work. They want to, we need people to make money, but... There will always be new people with new skin care, new skin conditions, and a skin condition you might have 10 years ago is not going to be the same one you have 10 years from now. And, you know, you'll come back to me and you'll say, hey, my skin's really dry all of a sudden. What's going on? And I can say, well, now you were 30 when I last saw you. Now you're 40. Let's talk about maybe menopause or whatever, right? So going back to the the ethnicity changes things. Mm Mm-hmm. I saw on your Instagram a post that said that somebody had um, had posted something about a Korean skincare hack and you were kind of like myth busting. It. Oh, OK. So <laughs> so this new trend is get Korean glass skin. Um, that's a tough one for me because genetically it, it, that's a genetic thing, right? You're not going to have Korean glass skin if you're not Korean. That's just yeah. silly to me. Um There's also, it's a trend and it's a word, but there's not an actual science behind it. So people are using whatever they want. They're using toothpaste, they're using Coca-Cola, they're using whatever, and they're calling it Korean glass skin. So I don't actually understand the full, it's not a movement, but the trend Trend. behind it. Um, I just know this person was like mixing rice starch and putting it on her face and this one surprisingly got over like 60,000 views and some people were upset by it. But it was funny because in the video, I actually, I didn't say rice starch was bad. I said, yeah, rice starch is pretty good. That's why a lot of skincare contains rice starch. But should, just because something's good, one ingredient, should you go put that one ingredient on your face? Probably not because you have no idea the percentage or the levels or what, what else it has in it. That you're then putting on your face. So I grew up like always a major DIYer. Yeah. I've always been of the like, I can make it for cheaper camp. So what do you think about like DIYing hair and skin masks like out of avocado or eggs or bananas or apple cider vinegar or whatnot? Yeah. So I'm probably going to get slammed by other estheticians (laughs) because I know we're supposed to say no. Okay. Um, But I love... (laughs) I love DIY. Okay. <laughs> um, I I know I shouldn't say that. But I think if you do not understand ingredients and you do not understand why you're putting something on your face, then just don't. If you're, if because you saw someone on TikTok, you know, if you're, let's say you saw a white woman on TikTok put lemon and um, what else? Turmeric and honey mixture on their skin, you as a black woman should not, that doesn't mean you should do the same thing because your skin is different and you could end up making hyperpigmentation worse. Not all skin is the same. So even if putting toothpaste on your skin worked for this person, doesn't mean that you're not going to damage your skin by doing it. And there's also products that do the same thing that have been tested and they are tested to be safe. And if, I mean, I hate to say, but if they do damage you, there's a company that's insured behind it that then oh, help yeah. you. Um, that being said, I am a, I mean, my name, Honey Skin, came from all the benefits of honey. 
And honey is an amazing skincare tool. Amazing. I mean, you can put honey on your face. And unless you're obviously allergic to honey, there's nothing in it that can harm you. Honey has been used to cure burns. It's been used as an anti-bacterial um, and to like help you with acne. You can put it on your active acne and it will help. You can put it on a burn. You can put it on eczema. You can put it on psoriasis. Honey is fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was taking Derm last year, um, like honey was in every single treatment plan that we had for like every single condition. It can just treat like everything. Absolutely. That's why I call Yeah. And that's why I named myself Honey Skin. Um, I focus a lot of my purse, like my line, I like to try and anything that has honey in it, I try and add to my line. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously not, not everything has it, but it's just such a a powerhouse ingredient. It's natural. So you are pro DIY then? I'm pro safe DIY and knowledgeable okay, okay. DIY. So I shouldn't just go like slather a banana on my face without knowing what I'm actually doing. No, I mean, actually banana is pretty good. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But when I see people using like lemon to rub on their armpits for hyperpigmentation, yeah. I'm like, I mean, yeah, it, it might work because it's got citric in it. It's got citric acid, you know, mm-hmm. but you could also come to me and I can do a safer method mm-hmm. and and ensure that you're not burning yourself and making your pigmentation worse. I guess what concerns me is if you want to do it to yourself, fine. Don't go on TikTok and say, it worked for me, so it's going to work for all of you. That's mm-hmm. dangerous. Totally. Absolutely. That's super respectable. What um, What advice would you have for somebody who's just starting a skincare routine? Um, Keep it simple. Don't, don't try and follow the Kardashians and do 10 steps. The Kardashians don't do 10 steps. You know what the Kardashians do? They go see their esthetician. <laughs> they have simple ingredients. They use the CeraVe, you know, cleanser. They, they do not do their own 10-step skincare routine. You don't need that. We're not turkeys on Thanksgiving that are getting lathered with 100 ingredients. It's unnecessary. Keep it simple. Use a cleanser. Exfoliate two to three times a week. Depending on your age, maybe throw a retinol in there, maybe throw a vitamin C serum in there, and sunscreen. Oh my gosh, yes. What is your sun care routine? Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of allergies, which is mm-hmm. another reason I created my Honey Skin brand. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm actually, again, estheticians are going to come for me when I talk about my sunscreen. I have found that Dermalogica, the tinted SPF, works for me. And that's on days like I'm not wearing any makeup. Um, the CeraVe uh, sports protection works great for my body. It does leave a white cast, which a lot of people don't like. Just for me, because of my allergies, I've, that one doesn't make me break out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this one isn't the best, but my kids also have the same allergy to sunscreen. Banana Boat. Oh, really? Yep. We don't break out to Banana Boat for babies. And it's specifically for babies. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are these the ones that I would recommend my clients who don't have the same allergy I do? No. Except for Dermalogica. But CeraVe and the Banana Boat, no. There are better sunscreens out there um, from Dermalogica, from Glymed, from um, Black Girl Sunscreen is amazing. I want to try and carry that one soon. It doesn't leave a white cast. It's amazing for my melanin-rich women. Uh, and men. Um, so that's highly recommended. 
But for me, just because of all the crazy allergies I have, I do it different. Um, I am also really big on, I'm not anti-sun. And I know a lot of people have resistance to sunscreen because of, they believe it's toxic. Um, and we don't have to go so far into that, but, but safe um, sun exposure. I'm not saying don't go in the sun. But don't go lay in the sun for 10 hours and fry yourself. (laughs) I mean, we all need vitamin D, so sun is necessary. Right. So safe sun exposure. And when I say that, it means if you know you're going to be out in the sun hiking for three hours, um, take some sunscreen with you, reapply it maybe every hour or two if you, you know, depending on how thick it is, and wear a hat, Mm -hmm. you know, wear some sunglasses because you need to protect your eyes too. Um, Yeah. That's safe sun exposure. Maybe bring some chapstick. Um, Keep an eye on your skin throughout the year. If you see any moles changing, like that is all safe, um, like sun practices. I'm not anti-sun. Do I go lay out in the sun for 10 minutes and absorb the vitamin D because it feels so good? Absolutely, I do that. That's like my favorite thing ever. Me too. I'm like a plant, like photosynthesizing the sun. Like give it to me. Oh my gosh, same. I will hang out in the sun absolutely anytime that I can. Yeah. But just safe. You know, if you've been out there for an hour, maybe go sit in the shade for 20 minutes, reapply your sunscreen, drink some water. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to get sun poisoning either and get sick just because of how hot you get and how overheated. Yeah, heat stroke is also no fun at all. No, not at all. So no. that is my thing. I know other people are like, no sun, stay out of it. But that's not healthy either. Your body needs vitamin D also to promote healthy skin. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And vitamin D is converted into its active form in the skin by sun. So it's like absolutely necessary. Absolutely. And then you also mentioned using a retinol starting at a certain age. What age should people start using one of those? Um, You know, it really depends on your genetics. Um, I'd say anywhere like 25, 30 and up. And you don't have to use it every night. And there's obviously different um, percentages, you know, you could use a very mild one that's maybe you're using a lotion that has a small percentage of retinol in it. Totally fine. Maybe as you're in your fifties and sixties, you're using a higher percentage of retinol. Um, it really depends. It also depends what other ingredients you're using because certain ingredients don't mix with retinol. Oh, um, I totally didn't know that. Which ingredients don't mix with retinol? Um, so, so the big one that a lot of estheticians say is like, no, no vitamin C, no retinol, right? You're going to hurt yourself. That's not necessarily true. They're, um, the best way to describe it is like an upper and a downer drug. They're actually just going to counteract each other. And they're two of the most expensive ingredients. So you're spending a lot of money for nothing. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's like when people take high doses of vitamin C and you're just like, you're peeing it out. It's a total waste. You're just peeing it out. Exactly. You're not, it's you're really not doing really anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are, what are some of the most um, common misconceptions that you hear about skincare? Um, that it's too complicated that you have to have a bunch of steps, um, that people don't have the time, um, <clears throat> that it's, doesn't it's pointless it doesn't do anything or it's too expensive yeah i've definitely heard all of those i've probably used all of those excuses as well they make me cringe because you probably just either you haven't been educated on the topic or you went to an esthetician who maybe was just trying to sell you Mm. um and you just need to find an esthetician that fits for you and for your budget and so when i recommend products to a client 
um, the first thing I ask them is, what does your budget look like? And what are you willing to spend on a product? What are you willing to spend in total? And what are you willing to spend per product? And this isn't so I can see like, ooh, what can I sell them, right? This is so I don't recommend a $200 serum. And they're like, not only did I maybe offend them, but they're like, um, no, try something for $20. I'm not going to recommend you a $200 serum if you're, if I know you're not going to buy it, you can't afford it or you don't want to because my goal is to get you something that you're going to use. If that means yeah. I need to recommend, you know, we need to go to Target together and find something in your budget, then that's what we're going to do. As long as you're using something, it's better than nothing. Yeah, that's really great. I love the individualized approach. I feel like that actually fits really well in with naturopathic care. We work with people's budgets to find out like what kind of healthcare they can actually use and work with. And me offering you a super expensive supplement, it's just not going to work if you're not going to take it because you can't afford it or it doesn't work with your lifestyle. Um, And luckily with naturopathic medicine, we have so many treatments at our disposal that are just free or very, very low cost. And they can bring people away from that reliance on pharmaceuticals and closer to actual health. Right. You're not, not only are you not going to take it, but you're probably not going to come back to me because you're Mm -hmm. maybe uncomfortable or you don't want to be asked the next time, like, hey, did you buy that product? How's it going? And then you have to tell me. No, I can't afford it. Right. Yeah. That's not a comfortable position for the client to be in. Right. That's just like uncomfortable for everybody. Right. So I had reached out to my listeners for questions that they've always wanted to ask an esthetician. Do you have some time to answer a few questions from the crowd? Yeah, absolutely. So we did kind of go over this already, but do you have like a basic, cheap and effective like facial skincare routine that you recommend to clients? Yeah, I mean, honestly, my my brand and that's I'm not just saying that because it's mine, (laughs) but because I have it took me a few years to really find a um, like a manufacturing <clears throat> company that I trust. I am really big on ingredients. So I went through all the ingredients. If it had anything that was like um, certain type of drying alcohols, then they were not, you know, I scratched them off my list and I moved on. Um, so if you are looking for an affordable, simple skincare line, mm-hmm. Honey Skin, it can be found on my website. You can go to my Instagram, Honey Skin LLC, and click on my link. It's just, especially for people starting out or they're just not sure, it's just, it's so simple. I make it so simple for you. There's a cleanser, there's an exfoliator, there's a serum, and there's a spray. That's it. Super easy. And then, you know, obviously I don't have a sunscreen, but you can get any simple sunscreen from the store, CeraVe, um, Dermalogica, you know, just depending. Okay, so you recommend like a cleanser and exfoliation and serum like weekly, daily, like how frequently do you recommend it? So cleanser, you should be cleansing your face twice a day, right? You okay, should be cleansing your face with water and or cleansing your face when you wake up with water and um, whatever soap you're using. And then... If you are somebody who wears makeup, then at the end of the day, you need to be cleansing at least twice. Um, The first one is just going to get off the makeup and Mm -hmm. gunk from the day. The second one is actually cleansing your face. The first cleanse, you're not cleansing your skin. You're you're trying to get through to your skin. Um, Yeah, exfoliation two to three times per week. Um, The exception to that is if you have active acne, you have acne grade, you know, three or four, and it's very inflamed, we're not going to scrub over that. We're leaving that alone. 
Totally. Yeah. Serums, I do use serums every night and in the morning. For me, personally, I'm a big serum person. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it's not in your budget or you're just starting out, um, the most important thing is cleansing and exfoliating right now and SPF. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. With, um, With the double cleansing in the evening... Are you using a cleansing product with that both times or is it just water? With the products. Okay, both times? Both times, yep. Yep, and you can use the cleanser that I offer both times. It's a really great um, water-based cleanser that just breaks through the makeup. Um, it, get, it gets off any makeup that I wear. Um, even my, um, what is it, the mascara that's supposed to be... Like waterproof mascara. There we go, waterproof. Yeah. I don't know why I was struggling <laughs> with that. <laughs> Yep, it breaks through all of it, so I love it. Awesome. Well, kind of bouncing off of that one, are there any products um, that you suggest for, like, whole body skincare regimen? So that one's a little tough because it kind of depends specifically on um, the person and, like, if they're just looking for, like, a basic body wash. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, somebody with allergies, I actually really like the Dove body wash. It doesn't make me break out. It's sensitive enough for my skin. Um, But if you are looking for something specific, like you have back acne or chest acne, um, then we can get a little more into detail, maybe looking for a cleanser that contains um, salicylic acid or... No, it's... um, Oh my God, why am I, of course, having a brain fart now that I'm on the spot? (laughs) It'll come to me, but yeah, it's just another one that's similar to salicylic acid, but used more for people... Um, benzoyl peroxide. Jesus. Mm, okay, okay. That one's a good one for the back and the chest. Okay, so finding products that include um, those two ingredients for back knee or chest, chest acne. Mm-hmm. And just being careful because they can be drying. So, mm-hmm, Totally. So next question. Um, what kind of product or services does somebody need to use in order to minimize their pores? So... I I hear this a lot, minimizing my pores or closing my pores or shrinking my pores. Um, That is not a thing. That doesn't, you can't do that. So your pores don't open and close. Once your pore is stretched out, let's say you've had acne inside of it or you just, your sebaceous glands are just kind of full. You maybe have more oily skin. Once they're stretched out, there's no making them smaller again. Um, The only exception to that would be laser or microneedling where you're doing controlled damage of the skin so that when it regenerates itself, it is kind of, you're breaking it down to build it back up to its prior state. That would really be the only way to minimize pores. If there's any product that says we, you know, shrink pores or minimize pores, what it really is, is a product that sits it kind of fills your pores and sits on top of it so that your makeup goes on smoother. But you're not actually doing anything to your pores. Would that eventually just, like, make your pores bigger? Um, possibly, especially if you're not cleansing and exfoliating. It can lead to acne because um, yeah, you're clogging yeah. them. That's so interesting, though. That's such a selling point of so many products. Yeah, absolutely. I see it all the time. Like, open and close your pores with this and, like, in my head, I'm just picturing pores like little mouths. And I'm like, they don't they do not do that. <laughs> That's not a thing. I just want to scream when I say that. And I'm like, no. <laughs> with um, with microneedling, are you needling directly into the pores? Um, so you're needling directly into the skin. So obviously it does hit the pores. Um, 
but it's just controlled. It's controlled channels into the skin. And so like little, I mean, it's kind of like a tattoo machine. It's little poke Mm. and that sends your body's, um, like a healing response almost. Exactly. It's the healing response. It's your body sends everything there to, um, promote cellular turnover and collagen and all of these good things so that it heals properly. That makes perfect sense. Do you do the microneedling in your practice? I do. And that um, we talked briefly kind of offline about the whole licensing thing. That is Mm -hmm. something that has been up for debate. But in Oregon, as long as I stay under a certain depth, um, yes, I perform microneedling or micro channeling or nano needling. You'll hear it called a bunch of different things. Oh, great. And then um, one last question. Are monthly facials a must? <laughs> this one makes me giggle. <laughs> um, if, is it a must? That is a tough question. Um, I believe when you're starting out and let's say you have um, acne, right? I have a lot of teen clients who, have, who come in with acne. Absolutely, it's a must. Probably more than once a month for them, but let's just say once a month. Um, it's a must because like we talked about before, we need to stop the bleeding and we need to get control of what's going on on the surface while we're also getting control of what's going on underneath. Um, but eventually I want to get everyone to the point that they don't need to come. It's not a must. If they skip a facial for a month, you know, the whole world isn't going to burn um, and get you independently able to take care of your own skin. Now, if you still want to come in once a month because you like the treatment, um, there are benefits to it, right? Getting a dermaplane, getting microneedling, age um, prevention, like aging, you know what I mean? (laughs) I hate calling it age prevention because we all age. You know, there there are things that come up throughout life that you're like, ooh, I don't really like this spot on my skin that emerged or Mm -hmm. I have a dry patch. Yeah, absolutely come in. Um, but is it a must forever for the rest of your life? No, that's that would be silly. As an esthetician who would love for you to come in and I would love to see you, um, yeah, if you're buying product from me and I'm recommending product, I would like to see your skin once a month to make sure what I'm recommending is correct. Um, so it's it's not, I mean, that's not quite a yes or no answer to that. Again, it kind of depends on the person and what their goals are. If your goals are, I have acne scarring, um, I have really intense acne, and it's just something that continues, then yeah, you need to come in once a month so we can control it. It it sounds exactly like if somebody were to come see me, like I'm going to check back in with them to make sure that my recommendations are actually working for them and actually something that's sustainable and is actually producing the results that they want. Right. And it's kind of, it's a loaded question because it's like, like the dentist, should you go every six? Do you have to go every six months? Well, I guess you don't have to. You don't have to go to the dentist at all until you have a cavity and then you better go. It's kind of the same thing with facials. Like you don't have to come to me once a month, but... But but you should. Yeah. And if you have an issue that you let go on and on and on and on, um, by the time you come to me, the damage could be so much farther along than than necessary had you come to me when you first noticed it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Kat. It was so great having you. Um, Where can people find your podcast? I know we kind of talked about how people can find you um, on social media, but where can people find your podcast? I, so SD, T-Talk, S-D-E-S-T-I, 
Um, I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify. I think I'm on Amazon Music now. And I'm also on iHeart, like iHeartRadio. And all those links are also on my Instagram if you just want to see the list of them. Um, So you can find me there. Well, thank you so much. I loved having you here today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was actually a really fun conversation. I could go on about this forever. And (laughs) there's not a lot of people I get to like talk to about this. Right? Like get to nerd out about skin stuff. (laughs) Even with my clients, they'll just kind of blink at me and they're like, okay, so what do do I do? And I'm like, oh, that's right. You don't really care about (laughs) what goes on in the background. (laughs) so this was fun yeah thank you and you will be on my podcast on the 28th we'll be recording so i'm really excited about that too and i need to prep for that (laughs) so if we're recording that on the 28th um what day can people expect to see it out there yeah let me see the 28th is a friday um so i'll send it over to my editor and that should be coming out on may 1st um as long as he doesn't have a thousand things to do. <laughs> awesome. So people can listen to us talk more on May 1st. And we'll be talking about diet and nutrition and how these things have to do with your skin health. Kind of like what we talked about today, but way more in depth on the nutrition side and the medical side. Because um, she will be doing the interviewing of me instead. Yes, I'm excited. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, again, thank you so much. It was so much fun. And we will talk soon. And bye, everybody else. Thank you. Bye. That was such a fun interview with Kat. And I feel like I learned so much about my own skincare. I hope that it was just as helpful for you all. I have a lot of changes that I need to make apparently with my skin. So I'm really excited to see how that works out. Kat and I also decided that we're going to do an Instagram live event where she'll do a virtual consultation of my skin and the products that I use so that everybody can see how beneficial one of those visits could be for their own skin health with her. And I'm really quite excited about it. So keep an eye out for that on Instagram. Um, As mentioned, I will be on Kat's podcast, the SDT Talk, coming out May 1st. And we'll be talking about nutrition, hormones, and gut health and how all of these play a huge role in your skin as well as what you can do about it. So look out for that as well. Thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. I'm having a lot of fun having guests on the show. And I've also really missed doing my own research and gabbing for an hour about random women's health stuff. So the next episode coming out is going to be a big gab again. Get ready. Um, Over the past week, I felt like I was just doing something wrong because it had been so long since I'd gone to Google to research some crazy weird question for you guys. So let me know if anybody has any topics that they're interested in me covering next week or two weeks. Um, I did have a request for a discussion about trans healthcare, and I would love to cover this. However, I I really want a specialist to discuss this with me as I don't feel well-versed enough in it to have a really powerful conversation about it by myself. If anybody knows of a trans care specialist who might be interested in coming on the podcast to discuss this topic, please send them my way. Um, As always, please rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening from. Please also follow me on Instagram at sassyspeculum. I'm still trying to create a successful presence here, and it's just so hard with the algorithms, you know. Also, go follow Kat at HoneySkinLLC on both Instagram and TikTok. And on Instagram, you can find her link to all of her products that we talked about today, as well as booking with her. 
She books up super fast, so make sure to schedule ASAP and get her entire holistic collaborative skincare model onto your skin, which is really the best esthetician process that I've honestly ever heard of. Um, as always, today's vagina rhyme is... My badge is a bird being fed a fat worm, hungry for breakfast, watching it squirm. That's, that's weird. Um, thanks, y'all, for listening. <laughs> I will talk to you in two weeks. Bye!